Presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. We're here with our man Achilles Rain to do the NFL Week 13 recap and review show. You ready to get into this? Yeah, buddy, let's do this. All right. We still have one game to go. The uh, Ravens and the Cowboys play t- tonight. Uh, I guess we'll touch on that a little bit before we get into our headlines. What do you make of that game? Uh, Lamar's back. Uh, anything new on that since we talked on Thursday? No, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I'm sure the Ravens are happy uh, to get him off that list. Um, they'd rather have a healthy Lamar than uh, sick Lamar. So, uh, but you know, overall, I think that team's kind of been uh, underperforming as of late. Um, so this is probably a good uh, feel-good game, trying to get everybody, you know, back on a on, on the right track. But um, you know, it, I can't really say anything until I see them play against a pretty bad team tonight. If they can perform well, then we know that they're on the right track. But um, they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, definitely up. And uh, Lamar's back, so uh, I think they'll be all right, at least in this game. Uh, the spread jumped up uh, a couple points uh, today, so uh, everybody must have been hurting off Monday's game and throwing all the money they have on the Ravens. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, uh, it, was, it was a pretty rough week, so I'm sure that, you know, a lot of uh, gamblers out there were really excited that uh, Lamar came back. Get yeah, well, well, some people were all over the San Francisco 49ers all of a sudden. So, because uh, I, like I told you when I got there today, the spread went from like Bills minus two to I got two and a half right before kickoff at game time. And I was all on that one. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I mean, I was really excited that I got them at minus two. You know how I am. Uh, as soon as the Sunday slate of games ends, and it literally, as the clock hits midnight and it turns into Monday. I get on my app and I check what the lines are and I, I try to jump on these lines early. Uh, but then you told me, and I was a little shocked that that line had jumped uh, into San Francisco being a favorite, which was a little shocking, but it yeah, still worked definitely. out. All right, let's get into our headlines. Now this made headlines. All right, for headlines this week, we're going to do a little playoff Pretender, contender. All right, you ready to go? Let's start out with the uh, probably the most shocking, I'd say, uh, overall score of the week. I don't know about uh, game of the week. Uh, Cleveland Browns uh, dominated Titans. Right now, after what you saw, contender, pretender? From the Cleveland uh, standpoint? Uh, from a Cleveland Browns standpoint. We'll, we'll get to the Titans a little bit later. <laughs> Well, from a Cleveland standpoint, uh, okay, maybe they're a little bit better than I originally gave them credit for. I still don't think that they're really that good, and I'm not trying to, you know, throw dirt on, on their parade. Uh, it was a good win for them. It was a big win against a, a tough opponent uh, in in the conference, and I'm sure that they'll take that win. But, you know, Tennessee doesn't really have much defensively, so I don't know how much we can really read into it. Um, overall, good for them. You know, kudos. They got a victory um, against another playoff contender. So, I mean, that's all I really took from it. I, I don't – I still don't think that they're really that good. I, to me, they're still pretenders. Yeah, Sorry. I'm sitting in pretender status. This is 
This is the thing that drives me nuts about the football these days. One team wins one game, and we're all of a sudden they're now all of a sudden second to the Chiefs as Super Bowl favorites. And I'm like, uh, okay, they played well that one game, but uh, the week before they were barely beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I think this is the team. Now, they might be a little better than we thought. They were able to hit some passes, which they really hadn't done pretty much all year long. But uh, I'm, I'm still on pretender with Cleveland. Uh, now, I will say this. Uh, with Garrett and uh, a couple of those other defensive linemen back, uh, that front seven can get after the quarterback a little bit, which makes them a little bit more of a force on defense than they were with those guys out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just – I was really high on the Browns early on in the season. And, uh, you know, they had a few big losses, which cost me. And when I really started looking at it, I'm like, okay, some of these wins are against uh, pretty bad teams. So, yes, they they had a few big wins. But, I mean, every team has big wins. Um, and we'll see a lot of evidence as we review some of the games. Yeah. All right. So we'll switch off the uh, team of the week and we'll head down uh, – and start out in the NFC uh, with a team you love, the Los Angeles Rams. Contender, pretender. Uh, you know, this one was really tough for me. I think that the NFC as a whole is uh, pretty wishy-washy. Like, there's a lot of up and downs within that conference. I think that the AFC is a little more stable when it comes to the teams and their playoff contenders. Uh, as of right now, to me, they are a contender. And simply because of that defense, the offense is a little bit uh, scary and they can be sketchy at times, especially the uh, the play from uh, the quarterback position with Jared Goff. But um, that defense is stout. And, uh, you know, as long as they're on point, they can pretty much play against anybody. Yeah, uh, they're a definite contender for me. And I, I'm putting them in the uh, top tier contender status with uh, New Orleans and uh, Green Bay. I think they've, uh, at least defensively, they, they've shown that they're, they're that type of a team and uh other than some you know weird quarterback play uh I think it's definitely this team is right up there with the Saints and uh Green Bay so uh I think they've separated themselves a little bit in that uh NFC West so we'll move on to the second team in the NFC West Seattle Seahawks uh I you know we just talked about Cleveland Browns and overreacting to them uh Seattle Seahawks contender pretender Okay, so before I even t let you know what my spiel with the Seahawks is, uh, I just want to let you know that when you told me about this uh, pretender contender list, what I did was basically I broke it down. I have four teams in my contender category, and then I have four teams in my pretender category for each conference. And unfortunately for Seattle fans out there, um, the Seahawks ended up on my pretender list. And it's not that I don't think that they're a good team. I think they're a really good team. They're a really solid team, especially offensively. They got some really big weapons with Metcalf and Russell Wilson. I mean, especially early on in the season, we were all considering him to be an MVP type of season. But um, it's just that defense, you know, even with Adams back, it, they just, they seem to be missing too many focal points. And it's really hard for me to call them a contender when they can't play defense. And uh, especially after this last week, I know that we over, we tend to over, overreact a lot when it comes to the NFL. Uh, but losing to the Giants, who have been playing better, I'll, I'll give them that. But losing to the Giants um, was pretty pretty hurtful, I think. I think it really hurt their uh, status as far as contenders go. So as, of, as it stands now, uh, for me, they're 
just on the cusp of being contenders, but they're pretenders. Yeah, I, I, I'm on contender with them, but uh, I, I, I'm tearing it wise. They're contenders with, uh, I'm putting Tampa Bay in there, and uh, it's things have to go right for them to, you know, contend for a Super Bowl spot. I don't think they can play a bad game and find a way to win it. Uh, there's just too many holes. The offense is starting to look a little shaky. It's It's been a little shaky probably about, I, I'd say, three or four weeks now, and the, the defense has gotten a little better, but uh, it hasn't improved to the point where I think they could, if the offense isn't humming and scoring 30 points, where they can uh, win a game. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes back to what you talked about a few weeks back, um, the fact that that defense is playing so poorly, and it, now it's, it's evident to everybody watching that that defense just really isn't good. It's not the type of Seahawks defense that we expect. Because of that, Russell Wilson, almost it's almost like he feels pressure to outperform what he's normally been doing to make up for that lack of defense. And it seems like he's forcing a lot of these throws and making some mistakes that he normally didn't make early on in the season. And I think that's what's really causing him, in my opinion, their spot in the contendership thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll do the other two in the NFC West. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the 49ers, even with that loss, uh, remain sort of right there. They're only one game behind the Cardinals. And uh, uh, so I, I don't quite knock them out yet. Uh, uh, same with the, you know, they're about a game behind the Vikings. So they're sitting right there. Uh, what do you make of the Cardinals and Niners here? Uh, contenders, pretenders? Uh, to be honest with you, and uh, I know that my brother, who's a big 49er fan, is probably going to hate hearing this, but the 49ers didn't even make my list. Uh, I do have the Cardinals as a pretender uh, just below Seattle, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think their offensive line has been struggling as of late, uh, which hence causes a lot of uh, pressure on Murray. And when Murray tends to get pressured, he tends to make a lot of uh, mistakes as a young quarterback. And defensively, they got some, they've got some key pieces, you know, like Buda Baker and things like that. But they don't have a complete team that can make up for the mistakes that the quarterback's making. And, you know, we've seen over the last few weeks, they've struggled a few times because they've been pressured. And that's why their record is where it's at now. When a couple of weeks ago, people were picking them to win not just a division, but possibly even, you know, the conference and go to the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, things change quickly in the NFL, especially in a couple of weeks. Yeah, okay. I, I'm out on the Cardinals. I think they're a definite pretender. And uh, if that Hail Mary doesn't hit, uh, they've lost like five games in a row here. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't like the way they're trending. I do not put San Francisco as a contender into the Super Bowl. But I don't think anybody would want to play this team if they got in the playoffs. And I think they still have a shot because their next three games are Washington, Dallas, and Arizona. So, uh, I mean, you think if they are right, they can beat Washington and Dallas. And then you sort of got that uh, loser leaves town sort of matchup with Arizona there. And then they finish up with Seattle. So, uh, you know, and that uh, Seattle game might not mean anything by that point. So, uh Technically speaking, I think there are four winnable games for them to uh, sort of uh, close out the season. So I think they can make a playoff push. Would I put them as a contender? No. But uh, I don't think this would be a team you'd want to run into in the playoffs. I, I know the Rams certainly wouldn't want to run into them. Oh, that's that's definite. I mean, they seem to have the Rams number. Um, I, I know that as a Ram fan, 
you know, I know I'm going to sound biased, but I don't want to play the 49ers in the playoffs. So I'm really hoping that they lose at least three out of the next four and we don't have to worry about the 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll move down to the NFC South. Uh, two teams on the list here. New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think we can pretty much easily answer this one. Contender or pretender? Yeah, uh, for uh, – I'm sorry, you said the Saints? It's the Saints, yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, for the Saints, uh, you know, they. I have them at my number two uh, contender spot. Um, and that's basically – I'm just assuming that Breeze is going to get healthy. Um, the offense – has still been, you know, they've been formidable, at least without Breeze in there. Uh, but I do get scared because I do see some lapses here and there. Uh, that defense has played a lot better, especially since Breeze went down. Um, and they needed it because offensively, they haven't really been clicking on all cylinders. But if Breeze is definitely coming back and he's going to be healthy for the playoffs, then they're a definite contender in my book. Yeah, uh, Saints easily contender. I think right now uh, they are by far the best team in the NFC. Uh, the question is, I don't think they can contend with Taysom Hill at quarterback in the playoffs. I think regular season they will be just fine and win games. But I, I find it very difficult to believe that he can win, uh, you know, uh, three, possibly two playoff games, you know, in a row here, especially with uh, such a – a, you know, light load that he's played so far. Two Falcons, one Broncos without any quarterbacks. Uh, so it sort of depends on the health of Breeze. And uh, I'm not 100% when that health's going to come back. That That's a lot of ribs. That's a, That was almost a full rack that uh, got cracked a couple of weeks ago. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. But uh, let's move to Tampa Bay. Very interesting case here. Contender or pretender? I, I have them in the final spot of my contender um, section. And that's only because New Orleans, they've got their playoff spot locked in. But I feel like the Bucks have a lot of players with experience, especially when you talk about Brady. My biggest concern when it comes to that team, and it's going to sound silly, but it's the head coach. I feel like there's just a little bit too much friction going on between the head coach and their quarterback. And I think that ultimately that could be their downfall. Um, you know, unless they really get together and just kind of figure out uh, the right way to work together, I think that it could cause them a lot of issues in the playoffs. But as of now, um, I feel like they have a lot of weapons, they have a lot of marquee names enough to could be considered a contender. Yeah. Uh, I put them in the contender status, but I don't even think I put them in that echelon with the Seahawks. Now, the problem with this is we're going to hear it for the next couple weeks, you know, how the bye they got right, because they play Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons to close out this schedule. So they're probably going to end up with 11 wins, and we're going to hear how, you know, they've bonded together, and the bye week is just what they need, and everything is kumbaya. But I think the second this team comes up against one of those teams with a pass rush, for sure the Saints or the Rams, uh, this team just uh, has no chance. Now, that being said, if they match up versus Seahawks or a Green Bay, I don't know if those two quite have the defenses that can uh, sort of bother this Bucks team. But uh, I don't quite put them in the same category as the Seahawks here, but uh, I'm ready to hear it for the next couple weeks as they play out this uh, really soft part of their schedule. Yeah, I mean, they, they should win, you know, the next few games um, if you play them on paper. 
but of course the NFL is not played on paper. So they're really going to have to come together and win these next few games just so they can, you know, get into the playoffs with some momentum. Otherwise they could be in trouble. All right. We'll move on to the NFC East and uh, we're going to make this one quick. Uh, Giants, Washington, Eagles, Cowboys, contender, pretender. You get a four pack all for one, one for all there. Any contenders there? Okay, well, I'm going to make this quick. I just do want to give some props to New York and Washington. They both have been playing, uh, you know, really hard, and it shows, and I'm happy for their fan base. But truthfully, they're all pretenders. Yeah. Okay, uh, they're all pretenders, and uh, they're all pretty much uh, have no chance of moving on outside a playoff game, even if the Giants' defense looks a little frisky. I, I don't foresee them beating any of those top-tier teams at all. Okay, we'll go to the NFC North. I highlighted two teams. Uh, technically speaking, the other two are still within range, but uh, I'm I'm chucking out the Bears, especially after uh, last week's meltdown, and uh, I'm chucking out the Lions as well for us. So it's two teams. Let's start with Green Bay, contender or pretender. Definitely a contender. Uh, in my opinion, as the NFL stands, as the NFC stands right now, without Drew Brees in New Orleans, to me, Green Bay is the best team in the NFC. And um, they're probably the most consistent team. So um, they're definitely a contender in my book. And for the Vikings, they're definitely on the outside looking in. To me, they're pretenders. Yeah, but I, would, I still wouldn't want to face them. No, definitely so. Okay, let's get to the more interesting one here. The Minnesota Vikings, God, they don't win pretty. Uh, I don't think anyone trusts their quarterback to do anything, but they have some very dangerous weapons at wide receiver. They probably have the most dangerous weapon at running back in Dalvin Cook. The defense is not great, but uh, Minnesota Vikings, I think, have moved themselves into probably, I'd say, a favorite to get that last playoff spot there. Minnesota Vikings, contender or pretender? Well, like I said literally a couple of minutes, uh, minute ago, to me they're pretenders. Um, but they're one of those teams, like you said, that I don't want to face uh, simply because if Cousins can play mistake-free, which is asking a lot of him, especially as of late, uh, and he can just kind of rely on the running game, they can be dangerous. They don't have the defense that we expect from them from you know seasons past, but they're still a team with enough weapons, especially, you know, uh, at running back. And they've got some really solid wide receivers that they can give trouble to just about anybody. They, you know, it's a, they're definitely a headache type of team, Cinderella type of team. So I wouldn't want to face them, but they're still, in my opinion, pretenders. Yeah, definitely. I think they're a little scary. They remind me a little bit of that Tennessee Titans team last year that started out a little slow. And then uh, as they build, they got the running back to sort of control a game. They have two, you know, really scary receivers, one that can, you know, sort of work the inside and one can work deep in Jefferson. So if you're just asking Cousins to do some play action and uh, milk Delvin Cook, I think they could scare a team, uh, especially somebody with a poor rush defense like Green Bay. Uh, I don't think they want any part of that Delvin Cook train. Yeah, I mean, with them, it's definitely going to be about controlling the clock and, you know, playing smart football. If they can do that, they're a solid team. But, unfortunately, they haven't shown it all season long, and that's the only reason why I have them as a pretender. Yeah, definitely. Okay, 
We'll move to the AFC East, which has all of a sudden turned into one of the best divisions in football. I don't think that has been said in probably 25 years. So, Yeah, your team's start, on fire, man. Let's start out with the Buffalo Bills. Contender or pretender? And where do you have them? Oh, to me, they are a definite contender. And uh, I actually have them. I know it seems a little bit weird, but I have them in my number three spot for the contenders. I have them just below some other teams that we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, to me, they're a solid team, and they've got a good enough defense to play with just about anybody. And if it wasn't for uh, Hail Mary in Arizona, I mean, they are 10-2. and two. So um, they're definitely contending. They're a scary team, and um, they're probably going to you know, make some people really sad in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I have them as a definite contender, and uh, – I'm starting to bump them up week by week. But uh, once again, we've talked about this. The one thing that scares me is this is essentially a warm-weather team. We saw it again last week as they're launching balls all over the field, hitting deep plays, and it's a warm-weather team that is playing in Buffalo. And I guarantee you, in January, it's not going to be warm in Buffalo. And... I don't even think it will be cold. It will be so frigid that it will not be fun to be out there. So I'm a little curious how uh, some of these games work out. I'm going to watch them pretty heavy these last handful of games when they're at home and see how they play, see how they control the game and the clock. But uh, right now, the way they're looking, uh, I thought their defense, once again, played uh, much better than it had earlier in the season uh, this week. Uh, So I definitely have Buffalo in the contender category. Now let's move to the Miami Dolphins. Contender or pretender? Listen, you're going to be upset when you hear this. Now, like I said, when I did my list, I put four contenders and I put four pretenders. The Dolphins, unfortunately, didn't make the cut to my contender um, section, but they're still a solid team. I just think that offensively, they're not quite there yet. Defensively, they've been really stingy throughout the season. They've had a few lapses here and there. But they're a solid team, and they can play with just about anybody. I just I get scared putting them in the contender uh, the contender section because of their offense. Um, we still haven't seen enough from Tua to say that you know he's going to throw for 375 yards and, and four touchdowns and no interceptions. We haven't seen enough from him yet. Um, that's the only reason why I have him outside of the contender section. Yeah, I I don't have him as a contender. I have them as a Happy to make the playoffs, and uh, in the next three to five years, uh, this team might be quite, quite scary, probably depending a little bit on the health of Tua, but uh, if they can get some weapons on that outside, find a running back to, you know, maintain the uh, run game, this defense is already built to win games. Uh, I I like the way Tua has looked versus, uh, you know, middling teams. He didn't show it versus the Denver Broncos, but, uh, you know, a young quarterback versus that Denver defense, as much as that offense is a joke, uh, that Denver defense is no joke. So uh, I, I don't really downgrade him there. So uh, I think they'll just be happy to get in the playoffs. I, I don't look for that them to be a real contender. Now we'll move to a much more curious one, and one I don't know anybody wants to see in the playoffs. I don't know if they can generate offense. I'm not sure their quarterback can throw the ball five yards anymore. But the New England Patriots are creeping right along here. New England Patriots, key tender or pre-tender? 
Now, the wife is going to be so angry at me, but to me, they are pretenders. And again, same reason as to why the Dolphins are pretenders, in my opinion. The offense just isn't there. Defensively, they've been playing great. You know, they've been keeping they've been keeping themselves in games because of that defense. They have probably the best coach in the NFL in Belichick. Unfortunately, you do need some offense. You know, maybe not a lot of offense, but you do need some offense to win, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I still see them probably performing pretty well for the rest of the season, but as far as the playoffs are concerned, you need to be at least somewhat balanced when it when it comes to winning those games. And I just don't see it when your quarterback is throwing for 69 yards. I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, right now I have to put them as a pretender. Though uh, if they can find a way to get in the playoffs, I think it will be very, very scary. Because uh, uh, Bill has shown that he can sort of construct. I think he has a feel for this team now. Uh, it's not a pretty feel. Uh I don't know how many viewers actually want to watch them play football, but uh, they're getting wins. Now, here's the scary thing. Rams, Dolphins, Bills are their next three games. There's no more Chargers. There's no more Cardinals. There's no more Texans on this list. So I don't know if there are enough wins in there. They probably have to win two out of those three between the Rams, Bills, and Dolphins, and then they got the freebie in the Jets at the end of the year. But uh, to get to nine wins, but uh, I think they have to win two of the three to beat Rams, Dolphins, and Bills to have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Um, their schedule isn't going to get any easier going towards the end of the season. But, you know, if anybody can pull it off, it's definitely Bill Belichick. You know, he's probably one of the greatest minds in the NFL right now, if not the greatest. Um, and that's why they are even in this conversation because – if you would have told me a few weeks ago, are we going to be talking about the Patriots as possible contenders? I, I would have shook my head. There's no way we would have been talking about them, but um, it's because of the coaching staff and that defense has been making enough plays to keep themselves in the conversation. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We'll move on to the AFC South. Then we'll get to the team that played the Cleveland Browns, the Tennessee Titans. Are we a contender? Are we a pretender? Should I tell Dynamite David to log off? <laughs> uh, log off. If you're watching, log off. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was. A, I'm, I'm, I still think they're a good team. I still think they're a really, really good team. Unfortunately for them, their defense is really bad. And you can't win Super Bowls without a defense. Um, it's, I mean, it can, it can happen, but it's really rare. Um, and the problem with it, with not ha with having that type of defense, is that if your team doesn't show up off offensively, you're you're pretty much screwed, you know. Because if you're not putting up points and you can't stop anybody, you're going to get the Cleveland situation all over again. And you can't depend on your offense to be on it every single game. There's going to be times when you're going to face some tough defenses that are going to shut you down. What are you going to do if you can't stop anybody? And that's the only reason why they're just outside of my contender. Yeah. Uh, I think I put them in the same uh, sort of category as the Cleveland Browns after watching that game. I, I just I can't trust their defense. Um, I just can't trust if Henry's not going, which he wasn't, that this team can, uh, you know, control the game like they need to. 
and uh, sort of cover up that defense. So right now, I'm not saying it would be impossible, but uh, a lot of things would have to go very, very right for them to make a run in the playoffs here. And uh, so we'll move on to the other uh, team in this division, the AFC South, that's going to be playoff bound. And they might be as confounding as the Tennessee Titans. The Indianapolis Colts, contender, pretender, uh, randomness, quarter to quarter. <laughs> you know, they've been probably one of the biggest conundrums of the season um, as far as good teams are concerned because you never quite know which Phil Rivers is going to show up. I will give him this. He's played a lot safer as of late, and that's the only reason why they snuck in at, literally at the bottom of my contender list, and it's because of that defense. That defense is still solid, and they can – uh, at any point, shut down the opposing offense. And offensively, they can move the ball. They, they're they efficient enough to where they can get points on the board. And because they have a good defense, they can stop the other team from scoring, which is exactly what you need uh, come playoff time. So they're, they just made the cut. Yeah. I think I'm going to move them maybe a smidge ahead of where I put a, a Cleveland and Tennessee. I think they're a very, very, very small contender and that's off two things i think frank reich is one hell of a coach to be able to manipulate this offense the way he has uh that's really just not all that good and uh to be able to find ways to win games and then this defense i think it has the ability to shut someone down and if you can do that in the playoffs especially if when it gets cold like uh i think if Indianapolis could move to Buffalo and Buffalo could move to Indianapolis, do a little flip-flopping there. I I think the these two teams, AFC championship game. <laughs> I think these two teams could be better off. So uh I I put Indianapolis very 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 small contender status, but I think I like them a little bit more than I like the Browns or the Titans here. Yeah, and that's exactly how I feel, which is like I said, I have four teams for each category and they just snuck into the contender section, and it's because of that defense. Uh, if Tennessee had a formidable defense or at least close to what the Colts have, they definitely would have been on top of uh, Indianapolis, but um, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers, I think we know where we're going here. Contender or pretender? Uh, contender, I mean, there's yes, they lost you know, against uh, Washington football team, but uh, you still can't take away from the fact that prior to that game, they were still undefeated and looking forward at their schedule, you know, they still have a couple more games that they can win. Um, they could possibly even, you know, sweep the rest of the uh, of their games going forward. But I think there's no doubt about it um, that they're contenders. There is a person um, who does a show with you uh, college and um, he believes that they're a one-and-done type of team. Uh, I think that that defense makes them a scary team regardless of whoever they're playing. And um, as long as that offense can be productive, uh, they got a really good shot of going all the way. Yeah, I, I definitely have them as a good tinder, no doubt about it. And uh, we aren't overreacting to their second game in about four days. Uh, their schedule's been all wonky for the last couple weeks. So uh, definite contender, I, I just ignore uh, any losses like that. I think by playoff time, they'll be ready to go and uh, sort of more balanced and uh, not having weird schedule things like they've had the last couple weeks. Next up, uh, we touched on their game today. 
probably would be easier to say contender or pretender uh, after the result of that. But uh, we're going to throw the Ravens in here. Uh, where are we with the Ravens? I'd like to see them win this game before I can, you know, uh, comfortably make a decision about them. But as it stands right now, um, they're contenders. They just don't have the offensive weapons to contend with the uh, the big contenders in the conference and that division alone. You know what I mean? I think that right now as a stance defensively, they can, they can try to keep it close, but they just can't put up enough points to, to really make noise. Uh, unless we see something change drastically in the next couple of weeks, I don't think that they're really going to make it into the contender section. Yeah. I, I don't quite have them as contender yet. But uh, if that defense gets healthy, Campbell and, you know, those guys all, you know, come back and that defense begins to sort of smash people in the mouth, uh, I I might move them back up into contender status. But uh, the offense really worries me, and it's not even Lamar that worries me. There there are just no weapons on that team. The only legit weapon on that team is Mark Andrews. And uh, without that, their running backs have all sort of died down and been inconsistent. And uh, without... I I mean, their receivers are just awful, awful. I can't even say a nice thing about any of them. When you're trotting out Des Bryant, who was out of the league for the last two years, as a weapon, uh, it's just scary. So uh, not quite contender status yet for me, but uh, I can audible if I see that defense start to cause some havoc. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Now, before we move on really quick, I just had a question for you. Uh, since you brought up Des Bryant, what do you think about Des Bryant tonight against his former team? <laughs> he will be lucky to get a catch. You, really, I, I, for some reason, I've got a feeling that they're going to try and like really use him, and I think that he's going to be really motivated to try and show something. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go for 100 yards or anything like that, but I think that it, this will probably be his best game so far this season. I think he'd be more useful as an offensive lineman these days than as a wide <laughs> receiver. Well, I mean, listen – you know, at some point he was uh, he was a good wide receiver, and uh, you know he's been out of football for a little while. But you never know, man. I mean, sometimes you know going up against a team that let you go is motivation enough to you know bring back a little bit of that uh, that prime time type of feel. Well, there was another PED positive test for a, a guy today, so maybe he uh, maybe he pops some uh, performance enhancers and uh, he'll throw back. Uh, to to old school Des from 2013. If he has it, and just, you know, by pure chance, he happens to hear this, take some. (laughs) All right. Uh, I don't know how long we need to discuss contender, pretender with the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, I'll I'll do mine quickly. Contender, where are you? (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Contender. All right, we'll move on. I'm going to throw them in here, but... uh, it's very, very difficult for me to throw them in here. Oakland, Oakland. See, I can't even get their name right. That's how poor I think I they are right I now. I don't blame you after the performance, you know, that they put up. It, that was that was bad. You know, the Jets were trying to do everything in their power to give them that, that win, and they didn't want to take it. But I'm sure that uh, if they would have lost that game, a lot of people in Las Vegas would have said, just go back to Oakland. So, yeah. All right, Las Vegas Raiders, contender or pretender? Uh, I I was down on them all season long. I thought they were fake, and then they, you know, played the Chiefs really tough, 
And I was like, okay, these guys are legit. They're gritty and they're dirty and they're going to punch you in the face and, you know, they're going to come at you. I deleted our podcast when we uh, hyped them up three weeks ago. It, it no longer exists in the library. Thank, oh, I appreciate that because <laughs> I knew that someone was going to go back and say, well, this is what you said about the Raiders and how gritty they were. And I was going to have to swallow my pride and just accept the fact that I was wrong. They are pretenders. And yeah. that's all I'm going to say about them. I'm not even 100% sold they're going to end up making the playoffs from what I've seen uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm almost I, – I have no proof, okay? But I, I, I'm almost 100% certain that somebody from the front office called down to the coach and said, you know, play one-on-one coverage and let him beat you deep. You have to lose this game. You have to lose this game. And the Raiders, the Raiders still tried to lose that game. It's crazy to me. They were basically handed that, that win, and they didn't want to take it. They still took it at the very end, but that was just horrible. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You ready to recap some of these games? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm, I'm getting too worked up. Yeah, I know. All right. Let's go with the big upset of Monday night. Washington football team 23, Pittsburgh Steelers 17. Alex Smith, 31 of 46, 296, one touchdown. Peyton Barber, 14 carries, 23 yards and a touchdown. And Logan Thomas, nine catches, 98 yards and a touchdown. Then Roethlisberger, 33 of 53, 305, a touchdown and a pick. Anthony McFarland, four carries, 15 yards. James Washington, two catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, eight catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. So, my Washington football team looking better and better. But uh, what did you make of this game? Just a weird scheduling game or Washington's becoming good? Uh, I just think that the uh, the scheduling issues um, for Pittsburgh have caught up to them. Um, I think they'll bounce back next week. But, you know, short week going up against, a, a, it, it felt like a trap game. And uh, uh, there was a few people that took Washington, a few people that I talked to that took Washington because they also felt like it was a trap game. Um, you know, kudos to Washington. They came out and they played a solid game and, you know, they hung in there and they did enough to win that game. Um, but I still don't take anything away from it. I still don't think that it diminishes what I think the Steelers can, can do and, um you just tip your head off and you move on. Yeah. Uh, Washington players might come up in my best and worst a little later, but uh, I don't really, I sort of just brush this game off. Steelers playing a bunch of random, they got up big too in that first half. And I think they just sort of lost focus, probably wore down a little bit as it went, but uh, more power to Washington. Uh, what Alex Smith has done to come in there and manage this offense to where it, is a functional offense and what Ron Rivera has done to make this team, you know, a functional team that uh, it's not flashy. It's not even all that good, but they don't do stupid stuff. They don't uh, make errors when they shouldn't. They just sort of play what they're good at. And uh, that's how they go. And that's how they beat the Steelers who I think uh, more than anything wore down in that second half. Now really quick before we move on, cause there's not much to add to this game. I just want to say, that probably the best contribution that Haskins has made so far, uh, especially this season, was a tweet he sent out where he said, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Uh, and I agree with him. You know, I think that you, whether you love him or hate him, and I personally love him, even though he was um, my brother's quarterback, um, we used to go down the candlestick and watch, you know, my Rams versus the 49ers. Uh, by the way, shout out to my brother. I uh, just heard that he's watching right now. Um, you know, we, 
Alex Smith, man, you know, you, there's something about him that I always liked. You know, to me, he's always been a solid quarterback, and it was really, it was really sad to see him get hurt the way he did, and then all the surgeries he had to go through, and you know, it looked like his career might be over. So to see him come back and you know get this upset win, um, I'm happy for him. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll move on to the Buffalo Bills 34, San Francisco 49ers 24. Josh Allen 32 of 40, 375, four touchdowns. Devin Singletary 18 carries, 61 yards. Cole Beasley nine catches, 130 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs 10 catches, 92 yards. Nick Mullins 26 of 39, 316, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Jeff Wilson Jr. seven carries, 47 yards. Brandon Ayuk five for 95 and a touchdown. Devo Samuel six for 73 uh buffalo just came out and uh pretty much spanked the 49ers pretty good here uh really impressive performance i i think we both thought buffalo was going to come out and uh, be really good here uh what did you make of the bills this week i mean i thought that the bills would come out and win this game uh maybe not decisively but you know pretty pretty uh i thought they'd get, get the win and it'd be almost like a, a safe bet that if you want, that's why I took him so early on. I took, I literally took that bet uh, Monday night. Um, and I think one of the first things I did was come and show you what I took that line at, which was at minus two for the bills. Um, that line flipped, as you told me, uh, a lot of people must've put money on the Niners after that big win versus the Rams. I, I still didn't see it. I just feel like the 49ers, they just happen to have the Rams uh, number. Just one of those situations where it doesn't matter how good the team is. They're still, they still can beat him regardless of who's playing or not. Um, but yeah, I, I, they came on, they handled business and, you know, this game was played inside of, uh, you know, the dome, which helped them out a lot because we've said it before, they're a fair weather type of team. Um, so that played out in their favor also, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe that line moved the way it did. And uh, just a, I don't think anybody thinks the Bills are that good, and they're really, really quite good, and especially when that offense starts humming and they're hitting explosive plays. And uh, the running game has not been as atrocious as it was earlier in the season. They did lose Moss, but uh, Singletary uh, played at least uh, halfway decent. If they can get some decent uh, production from their running backs, I think this is a really scary team to play. Uh San Francisco didn't look great, but uh, they did what they did do, and uh, they played hard throughout, and uh, don't ever make it really easy for you. But uh, I like Nick Mullins, but uh, he's a turnover machine, and that really seems to hurt them a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could, you could definitely feel the pain for the 49er fans out there. Um, they are definitely missing their key players. Um, you know, maybe next season it'll be a different story. They're definitely a scary team looking forward, but – as far as uh, Buffalo is concerned, we talked about it early on in the season that their running game was really what was holding it back. And the running game has improved, even if, if slightly, it's improved enough to where they're, they're a solid team. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd miss Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, he appears better than he uh, than he should be. So uh, shout out to Jimmy G. Uh, get back soon. Okay. <laughs> We're going to touch on this game. Uh, this one was a painful one for me because I had already put it in the win column in my uh, bets book. But uh, somehow the Bears became even more incompetent than uh, previously thought, which was quite amazing considering how incompetent I already thought they were. So uh, Detroit Lions 34, Chicago Bears 30. 
Matt Stafford, 27 of 42, 402, three touchdowns and an interception. Adrian Peterson, 16 for 57, two touchdowns. Marvin Jones, 8 for 116 and a touchdown. Trubisky, 26 for 34, 267, one touchdown. David Montgomery, 17 for 72 and two touchdowns. Cordell Pedersen had 10 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. And Allen Robinson, 6 for 75. So, the Bears blow a 10-point lead and lose with three minutes left in the game. And they lose in regulation, which is quite an impressive feat for even a team as crappy as the Bears. Uh, I We didn't get to watch this game. I went back and watched my misery and pain unfold in those last three minutes. Uh, the only thing I can say is, Everybody in the Bears organization should be fired, and I think the players want them to all be fired, which is why they tried to lose this game, because I think they were scared if they won the game, the coaching staff might stick around longer than they should. Now, um, I was actually over at uh, over at your place watching the games this Sunday, uh, along with uh, Dynamite Dave, and when you told me that you, you took some action in the Bears game, I was a little bit shocked. I, I didn't expect it, but as the, as we were kind of, you know, scoreboard watching, it looked like you were going to hit that bet, and I was happy for you. But, of course, the Bears do what the Bears do. Uh, this little thing right here, uh, I got this for uh, the holiday season last year, and now it doesn't have any now, but if you lift the tail, it drops something. It drops what the Bears did. That's what it does, okay? And, unfortunately for you, it costs you, but um, – yeah, they, they just need they just need to start over with new coaching staff. Um, they're just not cutting new it. New GM as well. That whole organization needs to get out. Uh, also, uh, if I ever dare to take the Bears the rest of this year, uh, you need to take my phone, my iPad, multiple of my computers, and uh, any other device that I can actively get to uh, a betting website on. Buddy, who are you kidding? You know you're going to take some action on the Bears again this this next week. You you can't help yourself. Why well, they like, give them so many points? <laughs> the bear the Bears are like your Falcons. You just have to take action on them. Yes, I know. Okay, we'll move on to a non-entertaining game. Cincinnati Bengals seven, Miami Dolphins nineteen. Uh, Brandon Allen eleven and nineteen, one fifty three, a touchdown and a pick. Ryan Finley six of seven, forty yards and an interception. Geo Giovanni Bernard, 12 of 30. Tyler Boyd, Boyd, 1 for 72 and a touchdown. Tua had 26 of 39, 296 and a touchdown. Miles Gaskin, 21 of 90. And uh, Gusecki, 9 for 88 and a touchdown. Uh, pretty ho-hum win for the Dolphins. Uh, there was a nice explosive play to start the game for the Bengals, and then they proceeded to do nothing Pretty much the rest of the game, 196 yards of total offense, 72 of it on one play. Uh, good win by the Dolphins, or just uh, boring and uh, let's move on. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to belittle um, any team. Uh, I don't want any other fan base to think that you know I'm biased to my team and you know kind of spit on all other teams because that's not the case whatsoever. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, the Bengals have had some pretty serious injuries. Otherwise, this probably could have been a little more entertaining. Uh, but unfortunately, their backup quarterback just is, really isn't that good. And I know from personal experience um, because of where he's played before. But, yeah, the Dolphins are just better, and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, 
maybe a little hatred towards Zach Taylor, who plays Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley and proceeds to throw uh, probably 70% of the time. Uh, uh, as much as you probably have an affinity for Zach Taylor and his offensive coordinator prowess with the Rams, um, he's a psychopath, and he's throwing with very bad quarterbacks. Somehow he amassed a stable of terrible college quarterbacks to play in the pros, and shockingly enough, uh, they aren't very good in the pros either. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw what we did with Burrow pretty much early all season long, and you, you saw what happened to him. Uh, it's just, yeah, I... I I don't want to relive that. It's sad. How about try running the ball and getting these games over with quicker and instead of showing off what an offensive genius you are? He doesn't believe in running the ball. We're going to throw the we're going to throw the ball 75 times a game. Well, that's fine. Uh, remove Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley then from the equation. All right, we'll move on to the Saints 21, Falcons 16, Taysom Hill 27 to 37, 232 and a two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 15 for 88 and a touchdown. Taysom Hill, 14 for 83. Latavius Murphy randomly didn't do anything this game. Only five carries for 17 yards. Michael Thomas, nine catches, 105 yards. Matt Ryan, 19 of 39, 273 and a touchdown. Nobody of note ran the ball very well for the Falcons. Calvin Ridley, five for 108. Julio Jones, six for 94. These two teams played two weeks ago. This game played out pretty much the same. Ryan was under pressure the whole game. They made a nice little push there at the back end as the Saints were trying to run out the clock. But uh, I don't know. Looked pretty much the same as uh, the game two weeks ago to me. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it exactly. Um, I, I don't really know what else to add to it. I mean, it's you basically said all. Um, I just think that at, at this point, we're just basically ready to move on. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to uh, the game you ranted about a little earlier, and I probably will get on my rant a little bit. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders 31, New York Jets 28, David Carr 28 of 47, 381, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Devontae Booker 16 for 50. Darren Waller had a huge game, 13 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs made one really big catch, three catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. The New York Jets, 14 to 23, 186, two touchdowns and an interception. Ty Johnson, 22 for 104 and a touchdown. And uh, Jamison Crowder, 5 for 47 and two touchdowns. Really, overall, just a terrible game. Las Vegas was trying their very best to lose this game pretty much the whole time. How they're up 10 in the fourth quarter and managed to blow that to the New York Jets, I will be confused about. And then... Uh, Really, Greg Williams should be thrown a parade by all New Yorkers who are Jets fans because uh, doing a max blitz and <laughs> leaving Henry Ruggs one-on-one <laughs> with essentially no time on the clock. Uh, interesting call, but uh, it keeps the Jets winless. So uh, he gets fired, but uh, he might have just won him the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes there. I mean, if that wasn't the most blatant you know, tanking play ever, uh, I don't know what is, uh, and that was so obvious. The most infuriating part about it was the fact that the Raiders did not want to take that win, and I don't want to go into this rant again, but they basically handed them that W on a silver platter, you know, kind of like Jameis Winston, eat the W. They're saying, eat it, eat it, and they didn't want to take it, but eventually they took it, and the Jets are happy about it. Yeah, uh, the play before, uh, they had a receiver streaking down the field wide open as well. David Carr just happened to overthrow it. So, yeah, uh, I mean, they were, that, that's what I'm saying. 
because they basically called almost the exact same play defensively twice in a row, like, like, please beat us. And the Raiders just didn't want to get that W, but I mean, they won it, but it was an ugly game. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the Raiders much right now. So uh, we're moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jacksonville continues to be a little plucky. They never get wins, but they're plucky. Uh, Mike Glennon, 28 of 42, 280, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, James Robinson, who nobody is talking about, but should get a little love for rookie of the year. I mean, Jesus, he's probably the best rookie running back in the league we've had for the last couple of years. 18 for 78 and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Eifert had six for 45. Kirk Cousins, 28 of 43, 305, three touchdowns and an interception. Delvin Cook, uh, they're certainly running him into the ground. I, I don't know if the game plan was to have him run 32 times versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, including like 10 times in that overtime, but 32 for 120. Jordan Jefferson continues his good rookie season with nine catches for 121 and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, eight for 75 and a touchdown. So uh, the Vikings always make it interesting, but they uh, managed to come away with a win in overtime. What do you make of the Vikings right now? Uh, you know, like we talked about a little bit earlier, to me, the Vikings are on the outside looking in as far as contenders are uh, concerned. But um, it's still a team that I don't want to play if I'm anybody facing them in the playoffs. They're, they can be scary. But that team, even though Cook is the main weapon for that team and you want to use him as much as possible – it's still going to go as far as Cousins is going to take him because he needs to really learn how to manage the game properly. He, you know, he wants to be uh, Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback, and you know that's not what he is. Um, he needs to just manage the game. You know, really rely on that running game. The defense isn't as good as it's been over the last few years, so we can't really say that they're going to depend on that defense. That defense is going to win them uh, the game. It's not going to happen that way. They won this game. It was a lot closer than uh, than they probably would have liked. But, you know, ultimately that's all that matters is getting a W. Yeah, they, they – Kurt put them in as a hole with a pick six, and uh, they managed to fight their way back because they – well, they just have a lot more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. And also they're trying to win games while Jacksonville is – Trying to uh, lose games. Trying to lose games. So uh, that's sort of the result that happened. We'll move on to the Cleveland Browns, 41. Tennessee Titans, 35. Baker Mayfield, 25 at 33. 334 and four touchdowns. Nick Chubb, 18 for 80 and a touchdown. Rashad Higgins, 6 for 95 and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 2 for 92 and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, 8 for 62 and a touchdown. While that Titans secondary. Ryan Tannehill, 29 of 45, 389, three touchdowns and an interception. Derrick Henry, 15 for 60. Corey Davis had 11 catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, four for 87. We already talked about this game pretty much. Uh, but uh, nice win for Cleveland. Uh, Tennessee's defense uh, once again rears its uh, ugly head. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I really thought that um, Tennessee would come out and really try to pound the rock and control the, control the tempo of this game. Uh, I took a little bit of action on this. So we'll talk about it's obviously on Thursday, like we usually do. But um, yeah, I was really disappointed with Tennessee and their performance. Um, Cleveland came out and they ran the ball, and uh, there were certain situations where it looked like you know they could pretty much do whatever they wanted against this defense. And that's one of the that's one of the drawbacks of having no defense is that 
if your office isn't humming, then you're there's you stand no chance. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts twenty six, Houston Texans twenty, Philip Rivers twenty seven to thirty five, two eighty five, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor made his return, thirteen carries, ninety one yards. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, eight catches for 110 yards. Deshaun Watson, who we were hammering a little bit early on in the year, has definitely heated up and is playing really good football and is pretty much the only one left on this team. 26 of 38, 341 and an interception. Duke Johnson had 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Watson had seven carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. Kiki Kuti had eight carries. Eight catches for 141. Chad Hansen had five for 101. Brandon Cooks had five for 65. So, Watson playing better, uh, but uh, he's stuck on a loser. So, what do you make of the Colts' win here? Uh, they probably would have lost this game if Watson's hadn't have fumbled that ball uh, as they were going down for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's a divisional opponent. You know, those games are always tough. You know, they seem to know each other a lot better. Um, because they get to play each other more often. Now, I did say, I don't know exactly how long ago, but it was definitely a few weeks back where uh, I said that for Houston, uh, you know, they weren't going to win many games, but at least the quarterback was on pace to, you know, set career highs in touchdowns and passing yards. And he's definitely on pace to do that. Um, You know, he's been playing solid, but like you said, his best receivers are, you know, Cooks and, well, I was going to say Fuller, but, you know. Oh, Kiki, QT, and Hanson, California Pride. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, losing Fuller wasn't, you know. Golden Bears, the college, not the state. (laughs) Of course you know this. Of course you know all this. You you know, this is why whenever I have a question about anything, I come to you because I know that you know all these players, even the guys in the practice squad, whatever. We're just going to move on from that, but. Fast you know, wide receivers were a brotherhood. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, man, he's he's balling out even though he has nobody there, um, and that defense just isn't what it what we expect out of you know a Texans defense. Uh, for the Colts, a tough game against a divisional opponent, but they pulled off the win, a really important win, so they can you know stay within uh, within clawing distance of uh, those playoff spots. You know, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the only thing I've uh, sad. Uh, I don't know how Watson's going to get out of this uh, sort of mess of a team. It it could be a dark handful of years. Uh, it might be time to pull a little bit of a James Harden and uh, start pumping up at strip clubs in the middle of a COVID pandemic or something. Yeah, that's basically the only. Maybe they can get a package deal together. You know, send uh, Harden and uh, and Watson together. Send them to both to Philly. Yeah, <laughs> they something. I mean, something better than being there. No offense to Houston Texans fans, by the way. All right, we'll move on to the game of games. The Los Angeles Rams 38, Arizona Cardinals 28. Uh, really dominant performance by the Rams. Jared Goff all of a sudden looked like Joe Montana this week. 37 of 47, 351, and a touchdown. Cam Akers 21 for 72, and a touchdown. Darrell Henderson, 3 for 49 and a touchdown. And uh, Robert Woods, 10 for 85. Cooper Cup, 8 for 73. Gerald Everett, 6 for 44. Kyler Murray continued to struggle a little bit the last couple weeks. 21 of 39, 173. Three touchdowns and an interception. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 49 yards and a touchdown. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins was held pretty much in check with eight catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. 
interesting game. Rams defense wants to again prove that it's probably the best in football. But uh, I wanted to get on the Jared Goff thing. It's so weird. I, we both had the, we were like, I think he's going to have a good one this week. He had a good one this week. It's it's just very weird. I said one week he looks like Joe Montana like he did this week, flinging balls right on target, you know, accurate, running that West Coast offense to perfection. And then the week before, he's off target all the time and making poor decisions. It's a, it's a fun ride, uh, the Jared Goff coaster. Listen, I, I hate to say it, you know, but that's my quarterback. And uh, we've touched on it, you know, throughout the season. He's been a Jekyll and Hyde type of quarterback. Um, you know, he has two really good games, and then he comes out and he lays a stinker on you. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of what he's been doing all season long, so I don't expect the trend to really change. I, I'm hoping it does as a fan, but I, I don't expect it to change much. Um, if he keeps following this trend, this next game he should have a good game. And then when we start praising him and, you know, calling him the next best thing, he'll have a stinker again. But I think the most uh, uh, surprising aspect of this game was the fact that they ran acres so many times. Um, it's almost like they featured him this entire game. Uh, I know that coach talked about kind of saving him uh, to when he was 100% healthy and then they can really uh, utilize him. A lot of people speculate that he's probably the best running back on that roster. But you look at Anderson, man, you know, he made the most out of his opportunities. He broke a big run and, you know, got touchdown to uh, put them ahead in the game. It's just that defense, man, that team revolves around that defense. And as long as Jared Goff can play, try his best to play mistake free, you know, they're going to, they're going to be in good position when, because that defense, man, Aaron Donald's a monster. And uh, for the Cardinals on the Cardinal side of the ball, their offensive line has been struggling as of late. They've been allowing a lot of pressure on their quarterback and it shows uh, he struggles a lot when he gets pressured. Um, as mobile as fast as he is, you kind of expect him to be able to get out of these situations. But when you have a monster like Aaron Donald who, you know, can get it at you, who's just as quick, maybe not as, as fast as Murray, but just as quick as Murray, you know, Murray was dropping back. And next thing you know, he's got four guys coming after him. And, you know, it's just not much he can do, you know, and then the results of the game kind of tell it all. Yeah, definitely. Really impressive performance by the Rams. Let's see if they can put a, a couple of these together, uh, more so the offense. A couple of good games together uh, would be a nice uh, to really see if uh, they can push for a, a Super Bowl berth here. All right. right. Really quick, just right now, you know, they took over first place in the NFC West, and uh, as long as they can keep pace with Seattle, they pretty much uh, have a playoff spot locked up in a home, in a home game, possibly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We'll go with the New York Giants versus Seattle Seahawks. A close game, but uh, not all that interesting a game. Uh, Colt McCoy was a highly efficient and uh, pedestrian 13-22 for 105 yards. Touchdown and an interception. Wayne Gallman, the pride of Clemson, 16 for 135. Alfred Morris's corpse, uh, yes, he's still in the league. 8 for 39 and a touchdown. Evan Ingram had four catches for 32 yards. Russell Wilson, 27-43, 263, touchdown and an interception. Chris Carson, 13 for 65. Uh, Russell Wilson had 7 for 45. DK Metcalf, 5 for 80. Tyler Lockett, 6 for 63. So, what did you make of this game? Uh, 
Big ups to the Giants' defense. It seems to be getting better and better every week. Uh, they're getting a little scary. Now, this offense, uh, Wayne Goldman has turned it into a good running back. He was a great one in college, but uh, he had some chances with the Giants early on and never uh, seemed to grab onto the roll. But uh, he seemed to attach to it uh, this year. But uh, what do you make of this Giants win here? Yeah, well, listen, as, as well as he's been playing over the last couple of weeks, I think that the biggest improvement has been on the defensive side of the ball. They've uh, they've played pretty solid, and uh, they just seem to be getting better. Now, unfortunately for them, their quarterback is out. Their running back is out. They don't have a lot of weapons, you know, on, on when it comes to wide receivers. But they're still they're still hanging in there, man. The fact that they won this game says a lot. Um, Seattle came out and they looked kind of flat. Uh, Metcalf tried to make some big plays. He had some big catches, but. They've been having trouble running the ball, and like we said, that Giants defense has been playing better. They were able to get pressure on Wilson. Again, this is another type of team, just like the Cardinals, that when you get pressure on the quarterback, because the defense is poor, he feels more pressure to try to make plays. And if you can get enough pressure on him, he's going to make some mistakes. And unfortunately for Seattle Seahawks fans, it's exactly what happened this game. This was, you know, I'm not going to take too much out of this loss. Uh, for Russell Wilson and the gang, but um, this was upset week, man. We saw a few upsets that we didn't expect to happen. So I think if you're Seattle, you dust yourself off and you kind of, you know, keep going forward to try again next week because uh, now the Rams, like I said earlier, they took the lead in the NFC West and you got to hope for them to lose and you got to play a good game and take a win if you want to regain control of that division. Yeah. Uh I'm going to pose a little question to you about Seattle. Earlier in the year, they weren't running very much. They were sort of playing a real open and, uh, let's say, a Zach Taylor type of uh, style of play. Now, they were winning games and racking up yards, and uh, their defense was awful. They seemed to slow down this pace the last uh, couple weeks and uh, tried to focus more on running the ball. The defense has looked a little better here. Uh but the wins have not come quite as much, and uh, Russell doesn't look as explosive in this style of offense. Uh, you think maybe they should tweak and go back to that sort of wide open, just uh, fling it all around and uh, play shootout football or try to grind it away like they have the last couple weeks? Well, see, that's the thing is, yeah, they have been playing a little more balanced offensively, but part of the reason they've been doing that is because their defense has been so porous. Now it was a lot harder to notice the uh, the the goal the holes in this defense early on in the season because Russell Wilson was playing out of his mind. I remember we all had him as an MVP candidate, uh, but as the season progressed, those those holes became more glaring, and because of it, I think that the offense has shifted to try to control the ball a little bit more by running the ball a little bit more. Uh, unfortunately, it's what you have to do if you want to stay in these tight games. Now. Because of that, you put yourself under the gun and you put a lot more pressure on Russell Wilson to have to come back in certain games because that defense is pretty bad and they're going to get scored on. And even by bad teams like the Giants did, um, you know, Colt McCoy, I can't remember the last time he won a game, but, you know. This it was, was a big, long time ago. <laughs> it's, it's been a while and um, this was a big win for him. But the fact that Colt McCoy can come out and score on you and then it puts you behind the eight balls to where – now you have to – the defense knows what you're pretty much going to do because you're down. It, it puts you behind the eight ball. I, I don't think that they can really move away from what they're doing because their defense is bad. 
yes, it's gotten better when Adams came back, but what has gotten better? Literally dropping the safety down and blitzing. Uh, it's not like the, the improvements are huge and vast. Uh, they've gotten slightly better. It's yeah. still not enough, and I think that you can't really get away from trying to be balanced because if you do, you're back to where you were where you're just going to have to throw the ball 40 times and it's going to be a 40-35 type game. Yeah, okay. We'll move on from that one and go to a, well, an awful game, really. Philadelphia Eagles 16, Green Bay Packers 30. Uh, Carson went 6 of 15, 79 yards. Uh, we'll get to Jalen Hurts in a minute. I got a little bit of a talking point there. Miles Sanders 10 for 31. Uh, Dallas Goddard 5 for 66. Uh, Greg Ward 3 for 57 and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers continued his dominant performance 25 of 34, 295, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones 15, 131. Touchdown, Devontae Adams 10 catches, 121, and two touchdowns. So, uh, Eagles still suck. They made the move to Jalen Hurts. I don't like that move very much, but, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to spark your team. But uh, I don't think that he's not going to be too much of an upgrade if you've ever watched him pass. Uh, great win by Green Bay. Uh, what did you make of this game? I mean, Green Bay is a better team, and it shows, uh, especially when you look at the score, now, as far as that, you know, swapping quarterback, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we mentioned the fact that, I, at least I said, I understand the fact why you'd want to keep Wentz and not, you know, not not put uh, hurt uh, Jalen in there. But I think at this point with the way it's playing out with Washington improving and with New York improving and then slightly, you know, taking a bigger lead in the division – I think at this point you kind of have to see at least what you have and, and how you can perform against, you know, um, NFL type of competition. Uh, you know what you have in Wentz, and he's your quarterback going forward, but I still think that you owe it to yourself and your fan base to at least see what else you have in your backup. Yeah. Uh, I'll just – let's put it this way. Uh, Jalen Hurts went 5-12 of 12 for 109 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. It, it's not all that much different than what uh, Carson Wentz does. Now, I will say this. If they're going to run this offense and adjust it and make it sort of something like Lamar Jackson runs or they're running down in the New Orleans with Taysom Hill and he's going to be sort of a read option type quarterback that, you know, throws quick, short passes, I think he can be successful, much like the offense he ran at Alabama and at Oklahoma. But if they're just going to drop him back 500 times like the Eagles do and run that West Coast style of offense – I don't see a difference in Hurts and Wentz. They're both, right now, bad, inaccurate passers. But uh, the other thing is, Wentz, when he first came into the league, was a runner, and then they told him to stop running because he was always getting hurt. Now, uh, Jalen Hurts has not gotten hurt, uh, you know, throughout his college career. So, you know, I just don't totally understand the switch other than it's, you know, a new body and a new voice. But, uh we shouldn't be focusing that much on the Eagles anyway. Uh, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, the GM, both need to get out of there because uh, that team is just putrid right now. Yeah, I mean, really quick, I'll just say this. Uh, I do agree with you. I think that if you're going to put Hurts in, you have to change the offense up a little bit. But I still think that, you know, not th there's nothing like experience. And you can't really get experience unless you get in the game. You know, if things keep going the way they're going where you just keep losing games – yeah, maybe change up the offense a little bit and just put him in there so he can get some experience because 
worst come to worst, if you're going to keep Wentz in there long term, you can at least, you know, put something on film where you can shop him around later on. Yeah, okay, I see your point there. All right, we'll move on to our favorite one, reading the New Orleans, New England Patriots uh, offensive stat line. This should be quick. Cam Newton, <laughs> a highly efficient 12 of 19 for 69 yards and a touchdown. Damian Harris, 16 carries, 80 yards. Cam Newton, 14 carries, 48 yards and two touchdowns. Uh Olwinski had one catch for 38 yards and a touchdown. Sony Michelle had one catch for 23 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert had probably his worst game so far this year. 26 of 53, 209, two interceptions. Austin Eckler, eight carries for 36 yards. Uh, Balazs, seven carries for 34 yards. Keenan Allen, five for 48. It's an interesting team, but they really just dominated the Chargers 45 nothing uh two special teams touchdowns a couple of special teams blocks uh to this recording Anthony Lynn somehow still has his job but uh I think you saw the embarrassment uh coaching out performance here by Bill Belichick uh what'd you make of this game yeah, this was a tough one uh you know I will say this I didn't expect it to be this much of a landslide. Uh, and if you were to read off the stats to me and tell me and make me guess what the score was, there's no way that I would come up with this score. Okay. But uh, I will give a shout out to my wife who, who for some reason she had a feeling and she took a, a parlay where she took the giants and the, and the Patriots to win this game and it paid off for her. And I, I didn't see it. She saw it. So she, it looks like she's the brains uh, when it comes to football in this family. But, um, you know, it, it's it's crazy, man. It's just a better coach. And I know that we talked about it uh, when it comes to the charge. We talked about the coaching situation a couple of weeks ago. And I, I was on the, you know, give him another year type of boat. But we'll get into it in a little bit, and, and you'll, you'll see where I'm yeah. coming from. Uh, the only thing that – the, the New England rush defense has been pretty poor all year long, and for some reason, the Chargers decided to throw 53 times. Now, a little bit was that the score, but uh, with Eckler back and only giving him eight carries, uh, interesting game plan, but uh, more and more credit to Bill Belichick <laughs> to have this team 6-6 six and six with literally a quarterback who right now just is so... I mean, I feel bad for Cam because his body's just done. He can no longer pass. He's getting it done with grit and uh, determination and just ramming his large, fast body into into the middle of the field running the ball. But uh, right now it's effective, and uh, Bill Belichick is uh, working uh, pretty much miracles uh, getting this team to 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, I mean, it shows when you look at the stats. You know, Cam's having a hard time, but... You know, like he said last week, he's not in this for the stats and the accolades. He's in this to get wins, and he got the win, man. So you got to give it to him. You know, Coach Belichick, he's still one of the best coaches in the league. And, you know, as much as people like to hate on him, he's putting he's putting results on paper so and on film. So make that, make that what you will. Yeah. All right. We'll go over our last game of the week. Denver Broncos 16, Kansas City Chiefs 22. Drew Locke continues to underperform 15 to 28, 151, two touchdowns, two interceptions. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, 15 for 131. Philip Lindsay, 14 for 26. Noah Font, 4 for 57. 
Patrick Mahomes, 25 for 40, 318, one touchdown. Le'Veon Bell, 11 for 40. Uh, Travis Kelsey had eight for 136. Tyreek Hill had six for 58, but he made one hell of a touchdown catch that should have been uh, reviewed and counted because it was a ridiculous catch. Uh, we say this a lot, but snoozy win by the Chiefs. They got down. They needed to, to drive down and get the game-winning touchdown. They drove down, got the game-winning touchdown. I continued to be impressed by everyone on the Broncos, but the quarterback position. If they could somehow solve that issue, I think this would be a bit of a frisky team. But uh, what'd you make of this game? Yeah, uh, you know, I've been on record saying over the last few weeks that I didn't think Denver was really that good. But yeah, that defense is pretty good, man. That defense is pretty solid. It's just offensively, uh, they're lacking a quarterback. And, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, pour salt on the wounds or anything, but if they had a quarterback, it probably would be a much better season for Bronco fans. Um, to me, the biggest takeaway, like it is every single week when we talk about the Chiefs games, is everyone knows how good the Chiefs are. We all know it. You know, they're probably going to be in the Super Bowl. The scary part is that no one talks about them unless they're talking about Tyreek Hill or, you know, um, Andy Reid or whatever. No one really talks about the Chiefs as a whole as how dangerous they are because they're quietly, just really quietly, you know, getting wins here and there, you know, even if it's small wins by a few points. But look at that record, man. You know, they everybody thought that the Steelers were going to run away with that conference, and now they're basically neck and neck. So uh, the Chiefs are a scary team. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, any worry about the rush defense? They tend to get uh, gashed every once in a while by it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that affects them too much because they can score so explosively. But uh, maybe if they hit the wrong day in the playoffs, that could come back to haunt them. Though uh, they oh, seem yeah. to handle the Titans last year, and they had the yeah. same sort of issues. I mean, that's always a concern. But, again, you know, just look at look at all their games this season. You know, they, there's been several times when they get down, and then just quietly they just do what they have to do, and they get the win. And, I mean – I'm not. I'm not concerned about it. I, I think that even though their rush defense is a little bit suspect, it's just that offense, man, is so deadly. It's just they're just a scary team. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our. You had one hell of a game. All right. What do you got best of the week offensively this week? So let's see. For offense, I, I am going with uh, Josh Allen, quarterback of Buffalo. Um, Allen ended with 375 yards and four touchdowns. And for some odd reason, uh, the line in this game moved, like we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, in favor of San Francisco. Apparently, the, the big win over the Rams uh, made people believe San Francisco was uh, legit enough to contend with uh, Buffalo. Uh, but Allen came out, and uh, he basically proved why the Bills are a playoff contender. Uh, but I also did want to give an honorable mention to um, Darren Waller from uh, – the Raiders, the tight end, he had a pretty big game. He ended up with 13 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I liked both those choices, but mine this week is Alex Smith. And uh, we touched on him a little bit earlier, but uh, what this dude is doing uh, after literally his leg pretty much was going to be amputated a couple years ago. And to bounce back and have this Washington team uh, playing 
solid organized football is just a testament to really how good he actually and truly is. He's been a winner pretty much his whole career. He was a winner at San Francisco. He was a winner at Kansas City. And uh, since he's been to Washington, all he's done is win games. Uh, they were 6-3 and three when he broke his leg. And uh, since he's come back, he's guided them to wins. And he he's right there. And he might have them in the playoffs. So I can't say enough good things uh, about Alex Smith and uh, how uh, ridiculously amazing it is what he's doing right now. And to lead them to a win, uh, even if it was a weird week of the Steelers, is just uh, really amazing. I really like that pick. And I, I just I will add that, um, you know, when Haskins was – at quarterback, we just kept talking about well, he had no weapons, he had no weapons. Well, guess what? They didn't really add anything to that offense uh, when Alex Smith took over a quarterback. Not only that, Gibson left uh, in uh, you know the first or second series of this game, and he still yeah, managed he, to work his way around it. Yeah, exactly, and and he still managed to get the win. I mean, that's that's huge. I, I definitely took my hat off to Alex Smith. He's uh, definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks, even though he was uh, usually beating my team. Yeah. All right. Where are we going? defensively so uh defensively uh there were a, a couple of key standouts but i decided to go with uh the cornerback uh cameron dansler from the vikings um not only did the rookie help his team win an important game uh to stay in the playoff hunt but he uh he also had his best game so far this season uh mike lennon threw at him was like seven times uh he only allowed one pass for three uh, for three yards and even though it was just the one he allowed for three yards he still managed to strip it, cause a fumble, and recover it. And he also had a big interception. So uh, he was a big part of that win. So he's my defensive player of the week. Good call. All right. I'm not going with a player this week. I'm going with a unit, and that's a Patriots special teams unit. Uh, if you can't move the ball on offense very well, you find other ways to score. And uh, they came up with two touchdowns and a couple handful of more blocked plays on special teams. So uh, my unit New England Patriots special teams unit, uh, really fine game and uh, helped lead to that uh, massive blowout this week. All right, where are you going coach-wise? Now, this one was tough. Uh, I debated between Bill Belichick for that dominant win versus the Chargers, uh, even when his quarterback threw for only 69 total yards. Um, I also thought about, you know, Kevin Stefanski with the Browns for punching the Titans in the mouth and getting that big win. Uh, but I went with Joe Judge, coach of the New York Giants, because um, even with his main players out, he trusted his backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, and he led his team to victory over one of the top teams in the NFC in the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, I think it was a huge win, and it's a huge momentum builder going forward. I think that this is really going to help them uh, come together as a unit. Yeah, uh, I, I thought about doing judge, and I almost did, but uh, I'm going to complete the uh, Washington football team circle and uh, give a shout-out to Ron Rivera this week, beating the undefeated team. Uh Really, he's just had a great career as a coach. I, I think he's a little underrated. I, I don't think he quite gets uh, thrown in that Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick uh, sort of category. But uh, he's won a lot of games. He's made a Super Bowl, and uh, he almost won that Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. So uh, just uh shout-out to Ron Rivera, uh, somehow turning this really porous Redskins or Washington football team into a decent unit and uh, – capable of getting to the playoffs. So pretty impressive by Ron Rivera. All right, let's go into our worst of the week. Terrible, just terrible. All right, where are you going for worst of the week? Uh, for worst of the week on offense, uh, as much as I wanted to go with Cam Newton and his 69 yards passing, like last week, uh, 
the Pats won that game. So instead, again, like last week, I'm going with his opponent, uh, rookie Justin Herbert. Um, he usually plays well, but Coach Belichick uh, caused enough uh, enough of a ruckus to you know get in his get in his head, and we talked about it and how good Coach Belichick is at doing that. And uh, you know he, he caused a lot of trouble for the old quarterback. He ended up with uh, 209 yards, two interceptions. He went uh, 26 of 53. So uh, as much as I like him and as good as he's been all season long, he is my uh, worst player of the week. I have a co worst of the week. One is Carson Wentz, who is pretty much been the worst of the year so far this year and been terrible all year. The other thing I wanted to give a worst of the week to is the Pittsburgh Steelers running game. If uh, there's one little spot where I'm a little worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's the fact that they're having to throw 50, 55 times a game. This running game just uh, has not been on point pretty much all year. I know there was no Connor this week, but uh, it just hasn't really looked good uh, all year long. And, uh, they couldn't do anything for that uh, Washington team this week. So, uh, co worst of the weeks for me on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, that's actually pretty good. Um, All right, where are you going defensively? Defensively, uh, you know, this is probably the first time ever that I've considered a worst of the week a winner. And uh, I'm going with an entire unit. I'm going with the New York Jets defense. Uh, they're getting it out this week. Because they played bad. I almost uh, put Greg Williams as my uh, best of the week. Because <laughs> <Yeah, listen, laughs> he's going to nah, end up getting them Trevor Lawrence. That's where my dilemma was, was do I put him in best defense of the week or do I put him in worst defense of the week? Now, I just went ahead and put him in worst defense of the week, but I want to make sure that I let everybody know that I still like what they did because they helped themselves by hurting themselves. And, uh, you know, they basically they, – they played horrible uh, – they played really good in the beginning of the game. They had to win, but they had to find a way to lose that game, and they did it with that type of coverage, which was uh, twice in a row. They, they played really bad coverage, and they lost that game. So this is the first time ever that my worst of the week is also my best of the week, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm going with Mike Vrabel. I just thought uh... – that game plan was pretty poor, and then he abandoned the running game uh, pretty quickly. He made some uh, decent adjustments at the end of the uh, second half, but uh, I just uh, the way they got punched in the mouth, the way they haven't been able to solve their defensive issues when he's supposedly the defensive uh, co-coordinator up there as they're running it as a unit, uh, just uh, didn't think Mike Rabel had a great game this week, so he was my worst of the week. Okay. Uh, All right. was, was that for coach? Oh yeah, that was for coach. What did I skip, player? You, you skip. You skip defense. I need, oh. I need to hear this. Oh, that's because I had the Jets. <laughs> oh, you had the Jets also. Yes, I had the Jets. Okay. okay, that makes sense. My worst of the week defense: the Jets running an all-out blitz with ten seconds left. <laughs> okay, and um, up a touchdown. And your, for your worst coach was uh, Brable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, my worst coach of the week is um, Anthony Lynn uh, from the Chargers. Now, I was one of those few people who believed that uh, that Lynn deserved another year to keep improving the team. But after watching uh, his team put up a goose egg offensively with a star rookie quarterback, a stud wide receiver, Keenan Allen, and a promising running back in Eckler, even after the opposing quarterback threw for just 69 yards and you still lose by 45 points, you know, he needs to put his team in a position to at least compete, and I don't think he did that whatsoever. So that's why Anthony Lynn is my worst coach of the week. 
That's a good call, and uh, I jumped the gun just a tad. Got a little lost in the <laughs> mix of worst of the week. But uh, that's okay. That's our show for the week. We'll be back on Thursday to do our pick show. Be sure to follow the Football Time broadcast. We'll also have our man Dynamite David doing the college picks tomorrow. The Know It All podcast will be back on Friday. We lost the file on Monday, and it's uh, sitting somewhere in the middle of spider space, but it it was, let me assure you, a damn fine podcast uh, here. <laughs> one I'm day it will take your word for it. One day it was... will pop back up, but be sure to follow the Know It All podcast. We'll have our movie review. Uh, Achilles Ray We'll be back in here for the NBA soon to do win totals. I don't know if that'll be Friday or Monday. Uh, also, our college basketball drive-in dish. We'll have all our picks, and soon the NBA picks will be coming in and flying. What do you want to promote here with us here today? Same thing as always. So you can follow me on Twitter at TD Achilles. You can follow me on Instagram at That Dude Achilles. You can also check out my YouTube channel at That Dude Achilles also. All right, and I'm GLN Champ on all the social media feeds. That's our show, and we're out.